the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are the lowest in the desert Calling me out in the dead of night Fighting my battles for me You are my rescue story Lifted me up from the ashes Carried my soul from death to life Bringing me from glory to glory You are my rescue story It's time for Rescuers the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone in our worldwide audience for another episode of the Rescuers Radio Show. Heard every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. at Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. Please go to rescuersradioshow.org where you can hear all the shows on podcast as this is the uh, listener-guided and supported show, you can donate through that website as well, rescuersradioshow.org. I have a wonderful guest today and uh, very anxious about this one, Melissa Pullon, Area Director of Young Life Cap- uh, Capernaum. Capernaum? Capernaum, yes. Capernaum. It's pronounced in quite a few ways. So Capernaum, I can Arizona. And uh, Melissa... Uh, Welcome to the show. Thank you. And uh, welcome. Uh, you know, I'd like to have our worldwide audience uh, get to know who you are. So let's begin by uh, you sharing your backstory. How did you get to this point in your life? Sure. They're going to go back pretty far with me so we can kind of <laughs> walk along this narrative. Good. Um, as a young child, I was raised in a family with a profoundly severely disabled older sister. She was diagnosed with something called Rett syndrome, which affects girls. It's a chromosomal abnormality. And her development stopped at the age of three months. And she lived until the age of 40. So she was fully dependent on others for her care for her entire life. That means from bathing to diaper changing to feeding, all of that. And there were a lot of medical comorbidities that came along with that. She had seizures and a lot of um, things were quite, as a young child, kind of difficult to see and hear. Um, so I bear, you know, I bore witness to quite a lot of suffering in that particular situation. Yet I also saw people coming into our lives who weren't associated with disability because they were born into this, but rather because God compelled them somehow to move into this sphere. And I saw the care that they took of her alongside my parents and was really able to see that sacrificial love of Jesus Christ firsthand. Wow. Yeah. So he used all of all of that uh, to lead you into the field of disability ministry, right? That's right. And young life. Uh, explain for our audience the difference between what you're doing and the mainstream Young Life. Of course. So Young Life is a very large organization. It has over 5,000 employees. It's in 100 countries. And we know 
one million kids currently by name. And it's not a matter of knowing a child and just saying, hey, how you doing today? It's, hello, Tim. I know that you have a basketball game today at 6, and I can't wait to see you there. So they're really developing relationships with kids on their turf all the way from middle school up through college. The Capernaum branch of Young Life is a specialty ministry. We serve adolescents between the ages of 13 and 22. 22 is the age up to which they can stay in the public school system through special education here. And it's a way for them to connect and belong and really find fellowship and friendship amongst one another. So it's not that neurotypical population. This is a population with either intellectual, physical, cognitive, developmental disabilities. Yeah. So let's let's go back uh, to your story. Mm -hmm. Um, You had your own uh, health issues. I sure did. Well, first of all, I prayed when I got older. My big prayer was, Lord, I am not strong enough have disability as a child, you know, in my own family, like, Lord, when I bear children, let it be that they're healthy kids. Mm, Because I saw a lot of the pain that went alongside that. And on that very first ultrasound that we had with our son, um, there were cysts all over his brain. There was abnormal brain development. And so we knew right off the bat. And I was fortunate to have parents who were very, very involved and who knew firsthand what this was going to, what this might entail. He is 23 years old now. He's on the autism spectrum. Wow. He would love to have the job behind the scenes doing what you, know, you guys do here because <laughs> he loves digital um, production and uh, digital media. And Wonderful. that's kind of been where his focus has yeah. been on the autism spectrum. He loves that. And But it has been quite a journey for him because the mold is made for kids to fit in in a certain way. And he learns and does things very differently. So we had that with our children. Our next child in line had medical issues with epilepsy and ulcerative colitis. And I thought due to the stress of all of those things that I was kind of dealing with that in such a way it was manifesting in some physical illness. It came to be that I had a massive brain tumor. Oh, my. And that was found about nine years ago. And I had a wonderful neurosurgeon that was able to take that out. But it took about a year before I was really able to get up and walking, fully independent, um, doing things that I could have typically done. And what I learned in that experience is what really looked like suffering to folks on the outside Mm -hmm. was the first time I really experienced that being held by God, I didn't have to perform or care for, or know, or get ahead of a situation. I was just in that space with him. And the Lord made himself so tangibly known to me. It changed my life. It was one of those things where it went from a performance-based relationship with God, and can I do well enough for you, to you just love me. Mm. You're taking care of me. And no matter what the outcome is, I know it's on the other side of, of this. Absolutely. Yeah. What a great story. Oh, thank you. And the faith in, in Christ it took to, to come to this point, right? Oh, it's every, it's everything. Yeah. It's all God. So um, I was, I was uh, focused on two words uh, in, in a summary that I was looking at about, um, about your, your ministry, disability and belonging. Mm-hmm. Explain that. 
I love that those are the two words that you picked out. So our population, the demographic that we serve in Young Life Capernaum, those kids are really marginalized. For much of their lives, they find themselves separate or on the periphery and are looking kind of in uh, from the outside. Um, for many kids, it's typical to be invited over for a play date to someone's home. If you have some emotional or behavioral issues, that might impede that. And they may never have experienced that sense of what is it like for someone to really want me. Yeah. And so it's hard then to even conceive of a God who wants and loves them when they haven't had that firsthand experience with the world on the outside. So this is a way of changing that narrative where disability does not have anything to do with belonging. You belong. And we want to make that abundantly clear. And the way we do that is by making that invitation known. And we go out into the community with these kids, and we continue to invite and invite and invite. We show up to their games. We come over to their schools and have lunch with them. There's all different ways in which we're able to really make that connection with them so that there is a sense that they soon develop of belonging. And once that trust is there, their guard comes down. And wow, there is so much room for to make space for where God can really change. So inside, they really want that, but they don't know how to obtain it. Don't we all? Don't we all want that, right? A (laughs) sense of belonging. Yes. And so this is a way to really help them know they belong to something even bigger. It's that body of Christ. So what's the age range? Uh, within your ministry? So ours is 13 to 22. So ours is a little different than what Young Life might be. Young Life specifically would serve a middle school population, a high school population that would go up until 18 or 19. Ours is extended till they're 22 because in our public school districts here, you can attend public school through the age of 22. Yeah. So, uh, and you find them how? How do they? How do they so find you? It's interesting. So we'll go through different channels. For example, Special Olympics. Me, we might go there and show up and start meeting some friends and meet. That's what we call them. They're our friends right away, yeah. and they see us come back time and time again. We have relationships with the schools, even public schools, where they've invited us to come in, go into their special education classrooms, or have lunch with them. And oftentimes, their lunch is not with the other kids at the school. Once again, they're separated. And so they're on their own. They're in this big cafeteria. And they just will have folks like me, but mostly a younger generation of people who would be their peers or a little bit older than them. And just come alongside them and say, hey, how are you doing today? It's nice to see you again, Timmy. What do you have in your lunch? It's not about preaching the gospel. It's about friendship. It's just about getting to know them. And then slowly, if they want to come to some of our events and our weekly gatherings, that's where then we start to share some of that gospel message in really fun and meaningful ways that have them wanting to come back time and time again. Sure. Uh, before we get too much uh, further into the dialogue here, why don't you please explain Capernaum? Uh, Capernaum, yeah. Caper- it's a hard it's one. Capernaum or Capernaum. Yes, correct. Both the same. And how it stretched you into uh, this international organization. Um, and is this, how did that happen? And, and 
go back towards Jesus's walk, I guess, right? Yeah. So if we're going back biblically to what the texts say, um, one that we were just talking a little bit before, but one of the stories that I love to speak about, and it's fun with our Capernaum friends, because when we mention that this took place in the town of Capernaum, there's lots of cheers because they know all about what that must feel like. But here's this story of this man who's completely paralyzed in this village where they hear that the gospel is being preached by Jesus in this home. And they place him on this mat. And imagine what the circumstances were then to carry this weight of a man to this home. And they found such a crowd that they peered in through that window and knew there was no way that they were going to be able to place their friend in front of Christ. They went on top of the roof you know, it's like these guys are all story. out. So do I. I just picture it today and we would be banging holes through that roof yeah. and are able to lower him down to the feet of Christ. And they lower him down to the feet of Christ. And Christ doesn't say to him automatically, you're healed. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and heal every disability. He looks up and says to all of them, your sins have been forgiven. And only God can do that. That's so much bigger. And so when we speak to our friends about Capernaum, many of them will ask, well, how come I haven't been healed? I still have cerebral palsy or I still have autism. I don't want this anymore. And we'll speak about, you know, God works in bigger ways. It's not necessarily what's on the outside that we might see healed on this side of eternity. It's our hearts. And the hearts of some of these kids that I know who are some of my closest friends are so sold out for glory and to glorify his kingdom in ways that without their disability, they wouldn't be. And these disabilities that they have are channels and catalysts for what this can really look like as a kingdom and in God's glory and the body of Christ. And that to me is what Capernaum symbolizes. So... God uh, allows things to happen, mm. obviously, mm. and he he allows them in ways that we we think sometimes really, you know, that that's not right. And but he he allows them, and the learning from that, and the belonging that comes with that, right. with 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 these uh, children and and young adults, is amazing. Mm. And and it's and it, you have to establish that that they're both needed. Right. Absolutely. I think they go hand in hand. If we really look through the Bible and go through page after page really speaks to the marginalized populations. And that's something that's so countercultural then. And quite frankly, it's still countercultural now. Um, The disability population is the largest marginalized population that exists. So we think of demographics and one in four people at some point in their life are going to be affected by disability. I mean, that is a large number. So those that were born with them or those that are struggling with them, particularly in their adolescent years, that's where Capernaum is really able to enter into the picture. And one of the things that I always love to speak about is because we think of it as like we're serving them, us able-bodied people. But really, it sounds cliche, we are being served because we are getting glimpses into what it is. And their brokenness is something we see. So much of us create a veneer to kind of hide behind what our brokenness might be. Theirs is so blatant, and it's right there. And I love to be around that kind of, it can be contagious joy. It can be utter grief. 
it's these feelings that are so true. It reminds me of the book of Psalms where they just cry out and say, here's how I'm feeling today, Lord, but I thank you. And they have to exist in that mystery intention. Mm-hmm. That's a hard place to be. And you know what the most important thing we can have when we're in that space is fellow believers who walk alongside us. Yes, and that's, that is probably what Christ was uh, talking to, the, 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 the men or the, who lowered uh, that man down. He forgave their sins. Yes. Because if they would have turned away and walked away, they didn't do that, did they? No. So that's why he said that to them, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. It's that bigger picture. Yeah. Only God can forgive <laughs> sins, right? So yeah. it's, yeah, yeah, it's incredible. So if you're just uh, joining the Rescuers Radio Show, uh, my guest today is Melissa Pullon, Area Director of Young Life, uh, C- Capernaum, Arizona. And... Um, you know, we we talk about percentages, and 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 I heard one recently. Um, uh, matter of fact, on this show, uh, a doctor that that is a a uh, pain doctor, mm. pain treatment, and um, any kind of pain, and over a hundred, almost one hundred and eighty million people in America are believed to be uh, living with some kind of pain. Isn't that unbelievable? And it could be any kind of pain. It could be a small, could be big, could be what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. a a real disability. Mm -hmm. But that's a big number. (laughs) It's a big number. And I think what we can do with Capernaum is inject joy into some of those situations, particularly because during those adolescent years, when you belong and you feel a sense of belonging, it's because you're feeling loved and the atmosphere is fun. And it might, um, for example, this week we're having Circus Club, and that's actually tonight. <laughs> that just sounds fun. It's fun. <laughs> and so we're going to come there. We're dressed up as crazy people, and we're going to do fun fun little tricks. And each of our friends is going to show what cool trick they can do. And um, we'll have a skit up there that's silly. But then we'll come into a time where we worship together and then we share a message from the gospel. But we make sure the theme is something that is something that they can't resist. So do you have a home base where you have these kinds of activities? So or? we're going out onto their turf in terms of going into schools and that okay, kind of good. thing. And that's where we get to know yes. them and make that initial invitation. Yes. And then we do have a home base. And there are several of them throughout the country. So they're all over the place. So if you're interested in finding out a little bit about this, you can go online and look up Young Life dot org and then when you'll see that you'll see the specialty ministries like Capernaum and you put in where you live and you can find out where the closest one to you is yeah. and they're called clubs and they gather together each week for fun events and then we have additional events and then something special that we do is we invite our friends along to a week of camp and for Arizona we go up to Williams which is beautiful in the summer and they're able to experience adventure like never before. I mean, they're going, these are people in wheelchairs who are up there on zip lines. They have ways of accommodating everything. I don't even want to get in a zip, zip You're, line. We would make you get on a zip line and you would love it. So, I mean, it is fun and they get to experience that first time of being away from home. Yeah. 
So we're doing a lot of communication with either their single parent or with their family or with their um, group home to let them know that the fun that they're having up there. And they get to see and hear what it's like to be part of an even larger community of disabled people serving alongside one another. And it's just a wonderfully powerful experience for them. So I can, I, I'm just trying to figure out the logistics of this. Yes. You've got to supply the, the traveling, the vans uh, or cars or whatever it is that you're you're putting these together in. Yeah, little did I know when I was hired in my tiny little Honda that I was going to need a massive pickup <laughs> truck attached to a van and a bus. No, but really it it is. It does require that. But most of all, it requires loving manpower, I guess is how I would put it. We have the most phenomenal volunteer leaders, many of whom come from local colleges who might have another job, who might be paying for their college. And they still, because they're followers of Christ, want to get somehow involved. And so we have to have a lot of volunteers coming in in order to make these programs work. And the training they provide and the volunteers and leaders that I'm working with now are creme de la creme. I firmly believe that these guys are such ambassadors for how they've learned so much from not only befriending these people who have disabilities, but also just from being part of that larger community of their parents. And because disability doesn't just affect that one person, it affects the family unit. Right. And that's the belonging part that is from both sides. Oh, it's belonging yeah. for the leaders. Yeah. I, I feel more at home in this community than I do anywhere else. It's just a sense of belonging like I've never had before because it's so true. It's authentic. It's fun. They are before us who they are before God. Yeah. And that's a unique thing. So uh, in going through some of your materials uh, preparing for the show, I, I, I learned that 84% of Capernaum students now have friends who pray for them. Yeah. How did you assemble that? So there's not, it's so layered and nuanced. It's wonderful. So their leaders who are people who come in and what I said to you with the a million kids that young life knows by name, that doesn't just mean that they know their name. They know what they have for lunch. They know when their games are. It means I specifically know you. I know what's on your heart. I know what's hard in your life and I'm going to be praying for you. And then we have volunteer committees that come together simply to pray for our students, for our friends, for our leaders. And then there are people who will just come alongside us and say, who is it that's in your group this week that I can be praying for that might be having an upcoming surgery, whose parents are going through divorce, whatever it might be. And if the child would prefer and the family would prefer to keep it anonymous, we do that. But those of us who know them specifically, we are praying daily for these kids and for their families and for whomever they might interact with. Well, you must see daily uh, the the strain on families. We do. Relationships. We do. And so it's wonderful, too, because what this does, so oftentimes you'll see that the families are bringing these kids to the Capernaum event, let's say on a Thursday night, and the parents are getting to know one another in the back of the room. Mm. And so suddenly a community of parents is formulating. 
where they can help. I, too, am a good person to come to for resources in the community where they might be able to receive respite through organizations or churches because there are those things out there. It's a matter of if you're under so much strain as a family already, how are you going to look into all those resources? And so coming together as a community, belonging to a community is really the way in which you can make some of those connections that are so important. And tell us again ways that people can contact you. Well, we would love absolutely to get (laughs) prayer support. And so we need people praying for this ministry. It's Young Life Capernaum. And for Arizona, you can go on to the phoenixcapernaum.org. And you'll find out, or .younglife.org, but nevertheless, just put in your your uh, Google or whatever you use, Young Life Capernaum, and you'll find out what it is. There's ways to give if people are interested in becoming donors. They can come and see what it is that we do. There's ways that they can come alongside us as prayer partners and also as leader volunteers. Yeah. We're coming towards the end of the, the show. We have uh, another minute and a half or so, but... Um, my gosh, what a blessing for the the young and teens and whatever that age bracket is into the early 20s, yes. I guess, right? And what they're dealing with, but yet the belonging part of the yeah. community that, that you have established. And uh, did this exist before you became the area director? Oh, yes. I'm just coming into these. So I've been in disability ministry for a long time. And obviously, as you can tell from my story, (laughs) my only lens is one of disability because it started from birth. So it's something that I've always been a part of. But Young Life Capernaum has been here actually in Arizona for 25 years. Oh, wow. Okay. So it has quite a history here. And then nationally, and it's moved into international corners, too. So under the same name, under the same name Except now they're Arizona. All, yeah. well, and I was going to yeah. say, and um, some of the Young Life programs also are uh, have students or friends in them that are the neurotypical Young Life clubs that also have other kids who have special needs that do attend. So there's inclusionary clubs too. So one more time, because I know there's people listening that really want to contact you. One more time, the contact information. Yeah, go ahead and contact me. It's <laughs> phoenixcapernaum.younglife.org. And my name is Melissa Poulon, and I would welcome the opportunity to speak with people who'd love to get involved. Melissa, you are a rescuer, and I'm so happy that you were on the show today. God's blessings on you, and thank you for being our guest on uh, Rescuers Radio Show today. Thank you for the opportunity. God bless. God bless. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Sponsored by RC Auto, where it's not just an exchange of keys, it's a relationship. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.